Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, huh?
And it's a time where I have the ability to connect with people that are here for a reason that I find valuable. And they're here, we're all here for a similar uh, purpose. We're here to uh, teach each other what we've learned since we've spoken last. Uh, we're here to share our thoughts and ideas. We're here to listen to others' thoughts and ideas. We're here to inspire and be inspired. We're here to uh, speak and to be spoken to. We're here to, to listen and to be listened to. And, and this is something that throughout all of history has been an important time. It's been a time where people used to gather around the meal table. I don't know if you all remember what that is, but it's this big piece of wood that families used to sit around and and, and share food. Um, before that, you know, there were there were big communal fires where people shared their meal and and listened to the hunters and the elders come to the table and and share their stories of the world. And historically, there have been people who have taken their experiences and uh, brought them to the tribe or to the family or to the the community, the group of people, and 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 distilled down what they've learned and, and presented it in a way that others could could learn and, and understand. And as society has grown, we've created all sorts of different, um, I don't know, little facets of, of community, little, little mini families or large families for that matter. And the Human Solution International, if you don't know who we are, if you're listening for the first time, um, is a grassroots organization, and, and by grassroots I mean we're just a bunch of people that have found each other in one way or another. Many of us have found each other on social media through electronic information sharing. Many of us have met each other personally through events and activities that we shared in common. Something about each of our experience we found interesting or important enough to share with each other. And um, we've been able to create a community. And years ago, or a year or two ago, we were going through sort of reevaluating uh, the organization. And we were um, a previous leadership incarnation uh, had sat with a, a counselor. And he was walking us through. And we were identifying um, how we operate and who we were and what we did. And we were sort of... Uh, um, branding ourselves, I guess, as the case may be. And what we ultimately came up with, and I thought it was kind of comical because we all sort of agreed about it, is that we are kind of like um, a mafia family, only a good one. And what we mean by that is we have a few people that are respected in the community because of their length of service, the amount of time that they've been around and, and the things that they know. And we have um, kind of a code, code of conduct, not kind of a code, we very much have a code. Um, things that we say are very important to us, the things that we stand for and believe in are very important to us. And what I meant by it was not at, in any way implying that we're involved in organized crime, but the idea of the family, 
the way the family operates and how dysfunctional it is sometimes um, and how very functional it is sometimes. So I want to throw some keywords out today. We're going to try to, you know, not be the same show every week. And sometimes it's hard to do because we're the same people and we have the same ideas and the same importance. Um, but I don't want you to feel ever like you're listening to something that you've heard before the same way you've heard it before. If, if we talk about it again, hopefully we're talking about it in a slightly different way. We're talking about it in a way that maybe somebody else will, will get. Uh, and I always refer to a, um, a talk I heard from a guy named Patch Adams, and, and the thrust of this talk was that we need to find the language to communicate to the people we're trying to reach so that we can share the message that there are injustices out there and that uh, we can make a difference. And if we can if we can get that language, if we can if we can find the, the way to communicate this, um, we can get people to understand and to care. And and if you care, um, that's where action comes from. So I wanna I wanna throw a few words out there. One word is effective think about the things we do and how we do them and are we being effective? How effective are we being and, and, and in what ways are we being effective? I think a lot of people put a lot of effort into putting an effort in and we talk about um, how much we tried, how much effort we put in, what we did. You know, I did this and I did that, I did this and then when the question is, well, did we accomplish anything? Oftentimes, the answer is, well, no. I I called, I left a voicemail, I left an email, but I didn't actually get a hold of the person. Or I talked to the person, but I didn't actually talk about the thing we set out to talk about. Or I didn't get the answer that we needed. Or I didn't get the commitment. Or I didn't give the commitment. Or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Effective. Think about what we're doing with our time and how effective we are. The next word I want to throw out is activism. The word activist, I think, is thrown around um, often, and I think it should be thrown around often. I think that we should all consider ourselves to be activists. If we act, <laughs> if we take an action towards accomplishing something, um, activists are oftentimes referred to as a fringe element. Uh, activists are oftentimes referred to in a negative connotation. But the truth is an activist is somebody who takes an action, hopefully uh, towards something that they find important that maybe needs taking an action on. Integrity is another word I want to throw out. Think about integrity and how much of it you bring to the table and how much of it people that you know bring to the table, and how important is it, and how important should it be. I think we live in a world where integrity has taken a dive in its value. Um, I think integrity has become devalued to a point where it's almost expected that people have a lack of integrity rather than have integrity. It used to be a day uh, where people lived in where your word was your bond. If you said it, you meant it. If you said it, you did it. Now, today doesn't seem to be so much the case. People say all kinds of things, and they do 
very oftentimes different things or, or not what they say. Um, priority is another word I want to throw out. Uh, I talk about this all the time. We do what we want to do. We don't do what we don't want to do. Um, so when we're getting to the list of things that we said we we're going to do, that we need to do, that we're going to do, let's think about how they fit in our priorities. And remember that we're all creatures of habit, and we will do the thing that's easiest, that we're comfortable to do. We will, do our, we will honor our bad habits long before we will uh, take on a good habit, and we will certainly uh, prioritize the thing that we said we were going to do, but we're not totally into it, the lowest priority, because it's human nature. Finally, the last word I want to bring to the table is value. Value is something that I really think that we should think about. What is our value to any given equation? What is the value that we bring? What is the value that our group brings? What is the value that this show brings? What is it that makes something important? And what do we bring to it? Are we valuing ourselves? Are we valuing what we hold up, what, we, what banners we wear? Are we valuing our ribbon? Are we valuing our whatever it is? How are we valuing this? What are we doing to become valuable? I feel, feel very strongly that the human solution is an amazing organization that represents the very best that human nature has to bring. Think of its name, the Human Solution International. I mean, what the hell? If you're part of the solution, clearly you value those sorts of things. And I think that that's something that we all need to consider. Where, what do we value? How do we value it? And the things that we value, what do we do to make and keep them valuable? So we're going to talk about that. I broke all the rules again. I'm sorry, I'm not very good at following rules sometimes. I have said last couple of times that we're just going to have one guest. But this was a week that we have a lot of people that um, we need to bring on to speak. And one of the people that we were going to bring on to speak uh, looks like is going to be unable to Join us. Um, Rebecca Forbes is uh, sick, and she's got a, um, a shot voice. And so um, I'm going to give her the thumbs up on that as we're talking right now, not devaluing our time. But a guest was trying to uh, get through to me, um, and that was the only way I could communicate. So anyways, uh, Rebecca Forbes is not going to be on our list of guests. However, we have a huge list of guests today. We have uh, Dana Beal. Uh, clearly, my dogs want to be guests on the show, as you can hear them howling in the background. Um, so we have Dana Beal. He's going to be joining us first. Um, Dana is a longtime activist. Dana has, uh, I don't know all of his story, but I know that uh, he's been around since the pioneer days of, of uh, California in their uh, historical uh, passing of Prop 215 and bringing some semblance of rights to patients and people. Um, and Dana's facing a case right now in California, of all places. And so we're going to talk, uh, we're going to introduce Dana, and then he's going to come on in a week or two and get deeper into discussion about uh, himself, his activities, 
um, and his case. And frankly, we need to rally support in the in case they don't dismiss his case. Um, we need to be able to bring people to that courtroom, and it's up in Trinity County, California. We're going to talk about that. So um, we got Dana coming on first, and then we have uh, Melody Cashin from Tennessee, and um, we've been sort of talking back and forth for a little while, but uh, she's got a case she's going to be standing up for. Uh, we got Glenn Keeling. Uh, he's a chapter coordinator out of Ohio and one of our our rising stars. He's about to get voted in as our outreach coordinator um, in our most recent uh, um, board meeting coming up. So um, Peggy Sue and Glenn have have been standing up for all of our rights as it pertains to their charges, and we got to remember, okay, we have so many people talking about legalize it. Legalize it, pass a law, sign the petition, sign this, sign that. It doesn't matter what the damn law says if we, as the people, decide that we don't want to prosecute and persecute people for this plan anymore. And if we, the people, decide we don't want to indict people in the grand jury farm or convict people as jurors, the prosecutors will stop, and it won't matter what the law says. There's all kinds of bad laws on the books. There's all kinds of archaic laws on the books that they're never going to erase because they don't. But we don't enforce them. We don't convict people of those types of crimes. And we've got to remember that. The power is ours. And if we don't have people standing up to fight their cases and everybody rolls over and takes a plea deal every single time, then guess what? You have no liberty and you have no freedom because we gave it up. We handed it to them. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So we got Melody going to be coming on. We got Glenn and um, we got some big news coming out of Ohio. Can't wait to hear about it. And we have a few other guests that we'll see who makes it. But um, I did promise Dana that we'd bring him up early. And remember, Craig Cecil will be calling in from federal prison. Um, shortly, and hopefully Dana will be able to uh, do an intro before Craig calls in. And here we go. Dana Beal from New York, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm actually pretty good. I was down in federal court today. They had the, uh, you know, uh, all the patients versus uh, uh, Jeff Sessions. We had a and hearing. how did that go? Big, big federal hearing on medical marijuana today. Uh, well, How the judge said it was the point I've been arguing with Noah for a while. Uh, whether you need to have, um, if you can disprove one of the three conditions for a Schedule One, which is high potential for abuse, uh, no accepted medical use, no safe medical use and treatment. Um, that would invalidate it being in one, in Schedule 1. And the judge seemed to think that they can't show no accepted medical use anymore and that it would have to not be in Schedule 1. But he was also making a lot of noises, and he didn't really want to, like, uh, you know, this is not the district judge's job kind of uh, argument. Yeah, nobody wants to take the responsibility for turning the switch off. Yeah, but if they if he were to rule in our favor, uh, schedule 
marijuana would be descheduled and they'd they would go to Congress to reschedule it. That's what well, uh, and, the and, uh, that's what our our defense our our are actually we are we're prosecuting sessions, so that's what our uh, our, our plaintiff lawyer uh argued. So this is a big deal today, but uh I wanted to clarify something about Dennis Perrons. I met Dennis Perrone in 1978 when he was shot by the San Francisco Police Department uh, before Dan White killed Moscone and Milk. Um, uh, I went and met him at the cafe floor, and we became friends, and I spoke up on his behalf because uh, at the time I was kind of like the acting yippie, head of the yippies, and the yippies were really against people like Dennis Perrone being shot by the police. So... um, he was uh, actually in the movie Smokin', even though he wasn't at the Smokin', and uh, he had a much longer uh, run as a marijuana activist than just Proposition 215. Proposition 215 was in many ways a culmination of uh, years, because he started, I guess he started uh, the big top pot supermarket uh, in maybe 1974, and we're actually contemplating bringing back the big top. I've been talking to Brian Perrone, and uh, we would argue that uh, the heirs and the signs of uh, Dennis uh, deserve to be compensated for him being shot in 1978 by getting a um, permit at a reduced rate to uh, or for free. You know, they're, they're talking about uh, compensating people for uh, uh, Ill treatment, I guess is the best way of putting it. There's some kind of language about equity. Maybe you can explain that to me because I'm only now kind of getting more into the California thing. Well, uh, the California thing has been, um, as much as it was a brilliant solution to have a vague uh, proposition that's supposed to err on the side of a defendant, law enforcement decided to go quite the other route, and they they preyed upon its vagueness to uh, act almost in a permissive way, which typically land use ordinances rather than state health and safety codes would act. And we've been fighting our way out of, you know, them trying to squeeze away our rights from day one. Um, uh-huh. And, and so I think that it must have something to do with that. But the truth is, when I refer to Prop 215, it's really just to reach to the broader audience of, you know, we have a national and international audience, and not everybody knows, um, you know, California's laws as as anything. And I try to pick a point of reference that, m- that most people would understand. Clearly, Dennis's legacy goes back you know, probably to before I was born. Um, but I, I just chose that to identify something that a lot of people might understand. Uh, I, I get it. I get it. But, you know. Um, You're absolutely um, right. Yeah. So, um, anyway, let's talk a little bit about, let, let's talk a little bit about my case because I think that that's yeah. what people want to know about. I'm going to be in town on, um, in San Francisco on March 11th for the Dennis Perrone Memorial. And then uh, two days later, three days later, I'm going to be in 
on the 14th in court in Trinity County. And I understand a lot of people are coming to show support. We're trying to get a, a video crew there, this Netflix crew that was doing a whole um, documentary on Dennis, except, of course, he died. So it'll be a little hard for them to do more stuff on Dennis because, you know, you can go back, there's a lot of stock footage, but uh, you can't get new stuff now. On the other hand, the idea of, uh, you know, the Trader Joe's of marijuana, like a marijuana supermarket, right, where pot was cheap. Pot was cheap for, like, um, recreational users and subsidized cheap for patients. Um, um, appeals right now, you know, so I have, you know, some kind of a little bit like a museum. There would be some pictures of Dennis and Bronnie Mary and some of the people from important uh, personalities from the 1996 and Jonathan, of course, from before. That was Dennis's friend who died of uh, AIDS. So, um, uh, so the, sh- the 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 case that you're fighting right now. Um, one well, of the things I like. Obviously, to- if if um, we were to open a dispensary. That explains what the 22 pounds of marijuana are for. <laughs> well, yes, it would. Yeah, wouldn't it? I mean, they didn't actually prove anything. That's just based on uh, conjecture, the charges against me. It could be dropped and the pot could be uh, returned to Brian Perone and John Whistle. Well, that sounds Genesis, like that would make sense. Uh, you know. Would, yeah, make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> so let's see. Well, Dana, what I want to do is um, um, schedule you. I guess um, you got some plans for next week, but I would like to schedule you for before your hearing and before um, this whole event goes down when you're coming out on the 12th, maybe two to three weeks. I'd like to have you on, and, and we can have a little bit more of a of an in-depth interview, we can talk about some of your history. A lot of people know your name. When I talk to people about, um, you know, last couple of days that you're going to be coming on the show, a lot of people shook their head and, and, and declared that they knew who you were. But my guess is that, you know, hearing somebody's name and, and really knowing about them are two different things. I, I like to uh, give our guests a chance to really get in and we can talk about um, – you know, what brought them here? You, you've got quite a story to tell about your journey through, uh, um, you know, fighting, fighting our way collectively uh, to get the freedoms and liberties that we are entitled to by being born. Um, you've certainly crossed a lot of ground and, and, and uh, experienced a lot of things that bring you here today. So I'd like to, you know, give you plenty of time and, and really get into um, you know some of your your past exploits and and get into like like let's talk about in depth a little bit more about this plan you have about you know bringing to life this uh, this entity in in the Bay Area. So I think um, you know we'll have. Well, they don't have it. Turns out they don't really have a dispensary in the Castro. Well, and, you know, you know why obviously would... this is this is meant to be, man. Exactly, and be. I think that that's what this is all about. We're all 
we're all adding to and and bringing steps that that get us close to something that makes enough sense that we're that we're okay with. Um, what are your thoughts? So just well, before we get uh, moving on, I just want to see what your thoughts are. We have a lot of people in the movement, and I I put quotes around the movement a lot because it's typically very disorganized and dis dysfunctional in a lot of ways, a lot of little teeny groups doing a lot of little teeny things. But one of the things that, that a lot of these groups have in common is this term, and I put big quotes around it, legalization. Um, and, and the notion of legalization is, in my opinion, a gigantic sellout. We have sold out our right that we should be born with of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Um, and, and then you've got a plant that just grows. And somehow we've turned this plant into a criminal act, and now we're fighting to get it back in a way that we're willing to give up so much to get so little. And we have every single law that we've passed has limitations that are ridiculous. You can grow six plants but only have four ounces. Yeah, I know, you I know. Eight, you know. All of this crap. And and yet we stand by these laws and say, oh, well, we if you want to change it, you have to change the law. What are your thoughts about People just refusing to convict people, and people standing up and fighting well, these that's damn probably, cases. That's how they ended. That was part of the reason, uh, one of the ways they ended alcohol prohibition. Exactly. But it's a lot harder to do during nullification because they've changed the law, so you can't really tell people they have the right to nullify. So it's exactly. uh, you know a whole problem. I'm ever since I had a friend in. Uh, Colorado, who simply didn't tell them something she wasn't asked, right? And they tried to convict her of like uh, obstruction of justice or something. And you know, you, how are you going to like mind read the prosecutor to figure out something he didn't ever vocalize? <laughs> you know. <clears throat> so now you're you know, absolutely it's, right. It's, it's, it's yeah. actually yeah. dangerous to be on a jury. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, Listen, uh, Dana, we have Craig Cecil calling in from federal prison uh, where he's currently serving a life sentence. Yeah, I'll and let you go, he, man. Uh, um, he, uh, we have more stuff yeah, to absolutely. talk about. Okay, we have lots later. To talk. All right, thank you so much. Folks, again, Dana Beal from New York, and we'll be, uh, we'll be talking a lot more to Dana and, and uh, hearing a lot more about what's going on. Craig Cecil, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, we – go ahead. But the only new news I have to tell is I may talk a little funny. I have toilet paper in my mouth. <laughs> Why is that? Well, if you remember about two or three months ago, I was pretty excited that I got great service in getting a, a toothpaste. Right. Well, now that same tooth completely fell apart, and I have toilet paper in my mouth to keep my tooth from cutting my tongue. So, oh, no. Oh jeez. Well, I, I am I am definitely sorry to hear that. Um, we just had a guy on the show. Um, the guy's name's Dana Beal, and he's been an activist for a long, long time. He just picked up a case in California, a state case in California, where people 
you know, didn't think that that was even possible to happen. And, uh, you know, he's got a, he's got a great attitude about it. Um, but it's just, you know, one more example of, um, you know, the fiasco that are these, uh, you know, these, these laws. Some of these matters are maybe uh, 
people in the federal prisons spending more time in halfway houses or on home confinement rather than in the prisons itself. So that's probably the one that has the prisoners, you know, the most uh, encouraged. And then there's some other ones to reduce a bunch of the uh, mandatory minimums for, uh, especially for drugs and uh, even a few of them for guns. But unfortunately, I think those events in Florida today in that school is, is probably going to hurt, you know, any efforts to lowering uh, gun sentences. Yeah, you know, the thing that's, that's kind of funny, is, uh, it's not funny at all, but I, I have to wonder, you know, it's so easy to point the finger at the tool that's been used. I wonder if somebody went around, you know, going uh, Arab style and cutting people's throats, if they would start going after knife control. You know, I mean, it's 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 kind of odd how they like to point the finger at, I don't know, the the messenger rather than the the, the problem. The problem is when somebody thinks they're going to hurt a bunch of people, they're going to find a way to do it. And if they got to, you know, put together a bunch of charcoal and sulfur and create their own gunpowder to make a bomb, or if they just go and find a gun, it doesn't take away their act and it doesn't it doesn't put the culpability of their act to an inanimate object. But that's a whole other story. I did get some news today just now um, from Dana, who was attending that hearing um, where the, you know, the, the, the girl is suing uh, Jeff Sessions, and apparently the judge, um, although the judge doesn't want to uh, legislate from the bench, which is kind of unusual for judges these days, uh, the judge seems to be inclined to acknowledge the idea that you really can't have a Schedule One substance that is recognized by its own government as having medical value. <laughs> so at least we've got a federal judge now that's identified this conundrum that that we somehow have allowed to exist. Well, that's good. As you know, what I think there's going to be some sort of catalyst, and I think it may be a, um, some sort of renegade uh, prosecutor, say in Colorado or Washington or even in California, that's going to go run around and charging, you know, medical marijuana or retail uh, marijuana stores. And, you know, that's going to hopefully bring this to a head, which will bring people out in the streets with their signs and with their loud voices and all that. Just like the, um, you know, the NRA type activists, the, the gun activists would do if, if there was a serious threat to, uh, you know, our ability to own a gun. Well, you know, I think part of it, too, is is shows like this and, 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 you know, roundtable discussions and town hall meetings and, and even just, you know, chapter meetings where people get together and they talk about the truth. And then when you hear something that's obviously not the truth, um, having the courage to stand up and say, but wait a minute, I know this. How come you're saying this when this is the truth? And uh, Lisa, my vice president, is going to be sharing a story with us, something that happened at her church, and somebody was uh, – you know, just spouting the, the reefer madness at, at, at a group of people. And, you know, our adversaries are still playing out of the same playbook that they were using back in the, you know, well, in the 30s initially, and then, of course, in the 70s when, when the Controlled Substances Act was passed, and then all the way through the 80s when we had uh, Nancy Reagan's madness and, and the Just Say No 
um, the slippery slope, um, you know, accusation, uh, you know, none of it's true. And there isn't any real scientific proof. But when somebody that's considered to be um, a public figure, somebody that's considered to be a trusted um, voice, whether it's a priest or a, a, a public speaker or uh, a law enforcement official or a doctor or whomever, and they start saying things with authority, it really doesn't matter. People believe them as though it's true. So I think that a lot of it is, is yeah, like you talk about the big catalyst. You know, Jeff Sessions going to end up being the shot heard around the world by being such an idiot and such a, you know, such a having such a, 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 a bigoted approach to, um, you know, his job. But at the same time, I think that it's the small groups of people and the individual standing up armed with some knowledge and some facts and bringing them to every discussion that's happening, I think that's going to be equally as important. I'd like to see, and uh, as I've uh, complained about before, the violent crimes carry about a third of the sentence as a drug offense. And here I look at my hometown of Chicago with over 650 murders last year, but still almost two-thirds of the people they're locking up is for drug crimes. So, I mean, who do, you know, a person sitting in their house, who do they fear most? The person out killing people on the street or the person out there slinging marijuana or even other substances? Because over a fifth of the uh, uh, drug arrests are still for marijuana. So they're, they're devoting all of that you know, criminal justice resources to that, yet 650 people are laying dead in the street. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, we, we, need a, we need a change, you know, where we're putting our emphasis. Well, and I, and, and I think we need to keep having that conversation. You know, I know people have taken quotes that you've put out there and used them in their conversation. I've heard it happen. I think, you know, like George Martorano says, we just need – to, to every day reach a couple of people. And if each of us that care reach a couple of people every day, eventually the number's going to be overwhelming as to, as to the, those that know as a, against those that don't. I think ultimately, you know, that's our greatest weapon is the truth. And so by, by, by whatever means necessary, and I think, you know, like you talk about, you point out these, these egregious facts that how – how could this be? You know, how the, how could it even possibly be where where any one person that had committed a violent act would be treated in many cases better than somebody who committed an act that had no victim? I mean, there's not any world or universe where that makes sense, at least not one I want to live in. And I think that mostly people just don't know. They just don't think it could happen. They don't believe it. They don't know it. Well, I just had an, uh, another event recently where <clears throat> people pulled me into an office and they, they asked, is it true you're the one that with no prior convictions got a life sentence for marijuana? And this was a bunch of BOP staffers sitting around gossiping and they, they right. pulled me in to verify and answer a bunch of their questions. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Become the dancing monkey to the to the zookeepers. You know, I, you know that's the kind of stuff that's just like, yeah, as ridiculous as it is, it's true still. Why not fix it? You know, why doesn't somebody raise their hand and go, oh, hold on, 
there's something horribly wrong here. Why 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 can't we why can't we just get this thing fixed? There's something horribly wrong, you know. Uh, hey, have you do you know anything about where Michael Pelletier is being kept in reference to where you're at? Um, well, he's at the USP, or I believe he still is. He's I'm actually looking out the window at the USP right now. It's literally right across the street from uh, the medium custody institution where I'm at. Got it. Hey, listen, there's your first beep. Uh, last time you got cut off pretty early, so I want to give you all the rest of the time you got. Okay, as you know, my biggest push is, is uh, people call your lawmakers, you know. Call the people that can make a difference and say, you know, this is what we want. We want our lawmakers to stand up. There's so many getting thrown at Congress right now that they're not making a stand, that they're not getting anything done. This would be something easy to get done. It's the majority of both parties would ride with it. They they need to move forward on it, but I think they need a push from people saying there's an election this year. Vote on what we want. <laughs> well, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, we that's we talked about the word activism and priority. Let's make it a priority to take this action, folks. It's something that we can do very easily. And that's that. Craig gets cut off one more time. All right. You know, every time Craig gets cut off, it's uh, it's a stark reminder. If you look, if you're if you're watching the live feed, you see behind me uh, a picture of Aaron Sandusky and a picture of a T-shirt, and on the back of the T-shirt says, "No one should go to jail for a plant." That's what this is all about. Craig Cecil is serving. A life sentence for pot today, right now. Michael Pelletier is serving a life sentence for pot right now. We have people currently serving 10-year sentences, 18-year sentences. Hell, a day sentence for pot is ridiculous. Aaron Sandusky sitting behind, you know, the picture of him. He's languishing in a Texas federal prison right now. And... He was doing the very thing that California has passed a law that allows for licensing to happen. And California now has decided that they're going to be another sanctuary city and they're going to protect people against the federal government for doing just this. But Aaron Sandusky has been in prison for almost eight years now, and that's not going to help him any. It's hypocritical. It's selling out. It's not enough. We need to end this. We need to end it entirely. We need to not be okay with this legalization crap. Legalization is not enough. We need to end prohibition. We need to decriminalize, deschedule, de... It needs to not be a crime. Whatever you want to call it, abrogate. I don't give a crap what you call it, this plant, the cannabis plant, should not be a crime, period. That's all. That's it. We don't need another law. We don't need another way to uh, have a little bit of a, of a, of a possible little access. Um, Stacy, why don't you call in so you can tell us your story? I guess I can read this, but it's certainly a whole lot better when you call. Why don't you call in? Stacy? 
Uh, pick up the phone and dial 646-929-2495. Suck it up, Buttercup. We want to hear from you. Call it up. Call it in. We'll put you on. That's all I'm saying. I want to hear it from your voice. Okay, we've got a whole bunch of guests coming in right now, and so we're going to bring Melody Cashin up first. If Stacy Kraft calls in, which I expect she's going to about now, because when you pull somebody and push somebody just so, oftentimes they will perform. Stacy's no exception. Um, but then we got Dolores Talbin, we got um, uh, Jamie Katz, we got uh, Glenn Keeley. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this be a tease. I'm teasing my damn self on this one, so. I'm going to probably put you up before Dolores, but we got to hear what Melody has to say, and <clears throat> hopefully Stacy calls in once again, 646-929-2495. We'll get you uh, right on the phone with Noncompliant Mary, our amazing screener, and put you in the show. All right, here we go. Melody Cashin, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Good to talk to you. Likewise, likewise. I hear you're uh, one of our new warrior heroes. Um, well, I've, I've been in activism for a while, but um, I have a, a case, and I have decided that I'm going to refuse to take a plea and carry it to trial. That puts you in the rank of warrior hero in my book. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's the thing that we all do when we have to. It's the thing that makes the difference. And even if you were to eventually take a plea deal down the road, it would be a better one than if you took it in the beginning. And at the end of the day, standing up to fight does more than just make you feel good about fighting. It lays the groundwork for the next person to come up and fight. We all stand We all stand on each other's shoulders. Hang on, Stacy 646-929-2495. Stacy's getting a little confused here, but we're going to get her on. Anyway, so tell us a little bit about your case. And I understand you're in Tennessee. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I am. And and right now they have no medical program or allowance for medical defense. Although there are three bills up this year in Tennessee. Um, I have a a genetic mutation called Charcot Marie Tooth that causes progressive peripheral neuropathy, uh, a lot of pain, spasticity, and I need braces to walk. Um, I well, was caught with um, two grams in a pipe, and I can serve um, eleven twenty-nine on each of them. And um, I have a lawyer that's working with me, and um, a doctor that's willing to come testify if I can get them here. And I, I'm just tired of seeing them put patients in jail when there are real criminals that they should be spending their time on. Have you um, have you met with or do you know um, Sharon Rabert or Kim Smith? Um, and they're they're from Georgia, but um, Kim kind of coordinates our Southern Style chapter, and it technically is, includes Tennessee. Um, how we really operate though is really grassroots, and and if you wish our help, I will help to um, organize court support with you and for you and um, give you this, um, you know, this platform and other platforms that we have uh, 
press releases and, and the website and whatnot uh, to help to rally support. I can provide our solidarity ribbons. Um, if anybody's looking, our solidarity ribbon looks just like this, little green ribbon with the red cross that we wear into courtrooms all across the country. And um, we make a difference by standing together. And when the community stands with one of our own, meaning somebody who needs cannabis, who's willing to stand and fight, um, when we stand with them, it makes a difference. Um, it, it not only makes a difference by holding you up on an emotional support level, but it makes a difference in the courtroom. And when the courtroom uh, recognizes that there's community support <coughs> and everybody's acting um, respectful and, and effective, it can have a powerful, powerful response. I don't want to push this on you. I merely want to offer it to you. I guess I, I would appreciate any and all help I can get. Um, jury nullification is actually what my attorney is, is going for. So, uh, you know, any publicity will be key in being able to do that. Well, when is your next hearing and where is it at? And uh, we will work on getting your court dates up on our calendar and uh, we'll work on having you be a regular part of the show as things are changing <clears throat> Maybe we can even, you know, get a chapter put together in Tennessee, even if it's short-lived, even if its purpose is to support your case and others near you. Um, you know, it's got value, that's for sure. So wh when is your next court hearing? Okay, um, my my next date, I, I have to appear the, the 21st, but that's like an arraignment, and they'll give me another date then. So I, I don't know when my next main date will be, but I do have to appear then. On the 21st, 21st, so that means, okay, so that's uh, next week today. Yes. Do you have, and typically the uh, an arraignment is a really short appearance. Um, it would be great even if we can get one or two people to come out and join you for that. Um, yes. If, if, if we'll, we'll connect after the show, and I'll get your address, or if you want to message me your address, I'll get some ribbons to you and some um, jury nullification pamphlets. Um, but I definitely want to talk to you outside of this call about how to, how to organize some support and how to, uh, what, what kind of community support you have already. Um, can you give us the address of the court, or do you know it offhand, or which court it is? Um, it's, it's Lewisburg, uh, Marshall County Courthouse. In Tennessee, I, I don't know the address. Not a problem. We'll we'll uh, we'll work at reaching out to you, getting it. We'll get it up on our calendar, and we'll promote it. Um, you got a guy named Thomas Gray Jr. who signed on, who says they're going to throw it out of court. Well, hopefully he's right. But um, in case he's not right, we're going to stand by you, and we're going to encourage others to stand by you, and we're going to. My goal is to get that courtroom filled up. And if it ever does come down that, um, you know, we have to select a jury, uh, my goal is to have that courtroom overflowing with support and that the media picks up this. And I want to encourage you to look towards, um, there's an attorney by the name of um, uh, Michael Minardi who has been championing uh, medical necessity cases, um, and he's out of Florida. So he might, I, don't, I haven't talked to him in a while. He's been a guest on the show um, several times, <clears throat> but I haven't talked to him recently, so I don't know what he's up to. But I know he has successfully defended 
several medical necessity defense cases where it looked like originally that jury nullification was going to be our only hope, and he ended up winning on medical necessity. So there's more, there's certainly more than one way to skin this cat, and just want you to know we're here to help, and um, I will definitely um, get in contact with you later today or tomorrow probably because it's, it's later there than it is here. Melody, if somebody wants to help you today and wants to get involved with your support, how do they get a hold of you? Um, well, you can connect with me on Facebook, uh, Admin Green Cross Tennessee, and I have set up a, a PayPal Me account um, under I Am Not a Criminal, one word. Fantastic. Well, um, this is all archived, so if you missed it, go back and rewind it. You can listen to it again. And, Melody, I will reach out to you tomorrow, um, and let's talk about how to organize and, and uh uh, let's get a presence out there. There's no reason in the world why you should have to go through this, and there's certainly no reason why the community shouldn't be standing behind you, raising you up, and and supporting your effort as they should be. Well, thank you very much for everything. You bet. All right, once again, folks, Melody Cashin from Tennessee and a case that we're going to stand by and we're going to continue to support. All right, so up next we got Stacy Kras. Stacy's kind of a wild card, but we love her. She um she's got a lot of heart, a lot of passion, and when she uh puts her mind to it, she is a fierce opponent. And she's put her mind to this case in Colorado. And Stacy, I like to hear what's going on. I haven't heard much out of Colorado in a bit and I know there's a lot going on. Well, there's several cases there, but um, I wanted to say one thing. I saw what I saw. I saw Melanie, like you trained, like you trained me. When I see someone that's do, helping themselves, help them, and that's kind of what I saw Melody doing was, you know, beating every bush she could and not like getting anywhere. So, you know, just giving her a little help here and there, and she takes it and runs with it. That means so much more than you know, standing on the sidelines and doing nothing and expecting me to do everything. <laughs> so I wanted to. All right. I, I wanted to give her a shout out because she's awesome. And um, on the Peterson and Nighthouse case, um, we have a Justice for Peterson and Nighthouse case or uh, page. Um, we have court tomorrow at 1 p.m. and then um, we'll have it again another motions hearing on March 9th at 8 a.m. And then um, it's get the cases are conjoined right now, and we're trying to step. And we may get that answer tomorrow or March 9th, but then. Um, Court is scheduled for the 23rd through 26th of April, so right after 420. Of course, because that's what they love of to course. do. When, when, they, um, when they were sending in their um, their undercovers into my dispensaries as they were building their case against me, on 420 they sent in undercovers into all of my shops doing in, in every way they could. That was their, you know, their 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 secret laugh and secret handshake. And they, you know, if you look at all the uh, investigative stuff, folks, don't kid yourself. They use 420 against us every way they can, and they have fun doing it. It's just been my experience. So I guess I'm going to go there and celebrate, and then um, it's, I get to go to trial. 
that'll be fun. And hopefully, um, hopefully the cases do get separated. Um, it would be better and for the for everyone. I mean, for us. And well, they. Um, in these court hearings, um, and I, I unfortunately haven't heard a whole lot from the defendants recently about what's been going on, but they're talking to you more than they're talking to me. So what, I mean, it sounded like, uh, and I'm not throwing jabs, I'm just a little frustrated, and sometimes, you know, this is a very transparent show. But the, the truth is, um, I don't know what's going on in the courtroom. What's the tone? Right. It didn't sound like we're moving um, very... That- well, we're all patient, so um, we all have our rough days. Last time was a little rough. Um, they had the worst prosecutor on the case that tends to lose. Now they've put in their big gun guy that will go anywhere to win. Um, they put the cases back together, which they were severed before, and um, that worked, so we're trying to have them separated again. Um, they lost the motion to you know, throw out the evidence on the search warrant the time before, um, they lost, basically, it's like a kangaroo court, it's like he already made his mind, the judge has already made his mind, his name is McNulty, like he's already made his mind up on everything, and like he'll play you for a little bit, like, oh, maybe it'll go your way, and then he'll come back in and slam some, you know, stupid case law at you that has nothing to do with anything really, and um, overrule everything, so. Um, it's been very frustrating, really. Um, the um, Mark Peterson and uh, Ron Nyhouse have a medical, oh, I forget the name of it, the journal. Medical, it's on my page. If anyone goes to my page or Justice for Peterson and Nyhouse, they're up there. I can't remember the exact name of it. He's going to be mad at me. Um, but anyway, it's just been really stressful for everyone. Um their their health isn't that great right now, and of course nerves. You know, nerves aren't good right now, especially the night before what court. Is, uh, so it looks like the the court support's been pretty substantial, though. The pictures I've seen yes. look like you guys are getting getting people in the in the courtroom. So that's yes. very important. And we plan on getting more. Good. What we're going to do next is you sent me those jury um the um. THSI, the one with the three presidents on the front, and the jury nullification form, or the jury nullification card, and we're going to write up um, a little summary, and we're going to hand it out at, like, Libertarian Party, and, you know, outside the courthouse, and, you know, wherever, when when we have something, you know, approved by the attorney, of course, at least, so... Yeah, be careful of of making sure everything's approved by the attorney. I mean, clearly anything that's going to go on near the courthouse, you want to definitely, you know, err on the side of caution. But if you're going to somebody's meeting that is no in no way connected to the courthouse or not near it, not visible from it, um, I don't know that I would ask the attorney's uh, permission before we start sending out information. It's just my personal experience that I'm speaking I from, agree. certainly not giving any legal counsel, but you know how it is. These done. attorneys really don't want you to do anything that might make them look bad in some way, shape, since or form. I've, since I've jury nulled before, I'm just going to go off, you know, what, like when I wanted to know about it and I learned about you on the Internet, you know, I just watched 
people that were failing get doing it and people that were, you know, successfully doing it. Doing it. And um, so I'm pretty much going to use that technique and have a camera on me again, and I'll be the first, you know, I'll be the one doing it first and making sure that someone has a camera on me the whole time in case, you know, they decide to put me inside for a minute. <laughs> well, we do what we need to do, and... Um, it looks like I've got to launch my third feed here. I don't know what's going on with okay. my uh, with my thing. No, it's fine. I've la- I'm I'm launching it, but it's not. I got a terrible connection for some reason. So I'm gonna not worry about that anymore, and we're just gonna keep doing the show. All right. Well, Stacy, uh, if somebody wants to help you um, by supporting Ron and and Mark um, and any other cases, they're not the only cases in Colorado. Oh, there we go. We went live. Oh, there are um, so many. There are so many cases in Colorado. There's cases in Washington. There's cases in California, cases in Oregon. There's cases in every single place where we think it's this bastion of of legalization. And I'm sorry, I hate that word, legalize it. I hate it because it's not I true. I do too. Anybody who every thinks it you... is, come, come on the show. Let's talk about it. Nobody has, nobody yep. will. But if you are, if you've got the gumption, let's talk about why. Does this plant need to be taxed and regulated? Why does this plant need to be restricted in any way? And why do our freedoms not reach out so far as to what we put in our body, what we grow in our field, what we decide to make out of a plant and and consume and do anything with? You tell me one good reason why that should be, and you can come on this show and do it. And I'll bring you up, Stacey, because you can can back me up. (laughs) I gotcha on that one because I'm dealing with it right now. Excellent. So thank All you right, very well, much. How does, somebody, how does somebody get a hold of you personally? Um, if they want to help out, um, you've got uh, message me through the page or through my page, Stacy Swanson Craft, or um, message through um, the guys page because I'm an administrator on that also. And one of us will get back to you as soon as we can, which is really quick usually. Usually. Fantastic. All right, Stacy. Well, always a pleasure. I know you as so many people that are actually accomplishing something um, in this movement um, are racked with all sorts of physical problems, and we're not getting into them specifically, but, you know, I don't, I would love to see just one time an able-bodied, mentally able-bodied, physically able-bodied person step up (laughs) and say, I want to help, because it's always the broken the crippled, the crazy, the the fucked up in every possible way, they're the ones that come and want to help. And I love you. I love you all, and I'm grateful to go in. But, my God, if we could get just a couple of able-bodied folks that have a couple of extra bucks and a couple of extra minutes and, and two hands and a, and, a, and a brain that works, my God, what would we accomplish? I'm all for it. It'd be done. We'd be done. It'd be done. But until then, we hobble along. And uh, we sally forth over the muddy river, as always, and we're going to get it done one way or the other. That's right. Beautiful. All right. <laughs> Thank Stacey, you so much. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, carrying the torch. Once again, Stacy swanson Craft from Kansas in Colorado, helping where it needs to be helped. All right. So we got Dolores and Jamie. Um, going to come up next, I think. I am, Glenn, I I so much want to talk to you. I can't wait to hear your huge update, but I'm going to keep teasing my damn self 
as I'm teasing everybody else out here. We're going to hear Glenn's huge news after Dolores and after Jamie, and uh, we'll go on from there. So we got um, Dolores Halvin first we're going to bring up, and I like to embarrass Dolores a little bit because she's just so darn wonderful. And uh, Dolores is part of the uh, American Cannabis Nurses Association. She's also a member of the Human Solution and so many other groups and organizations. And and she um, and I are kindred spirits in so many ways. And we both agree that no one should go to jail for a plant. And we both agree that there's no good reason why anybody's going through any of this crap that they're going through. And we both agree that the world does not need another five pot groups. Um, let's Amen. join together and act as one. And so, Dolores, without further ado, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, Joe, thank you so much. That was a lovely introduction. Just for anybody that hadn't heard, I did threaten to punch the next person in the eye that opened another pot group on the Internet. It's like, done. Connect the dots of what we've got. Damn it. We don't need any more. <laughs> we got some great ones going. And when you and I and Peter and a few other, Lisa and a few other people started brainstorming a few weeks ago, it was how to connect everyone that's already working. And, um, you know, Mary Lynn said the same thing last week from Patients Out of Time. We're all a bunch of sick people trying to do this, and that makes it so hard. And the week before, the girls from the patient cannabis wall said the same thing. We're all broke patients fighting this terrible war. We're parents of sick kids. We're sick ourselves. We got dying husbands and wives, and we're fighting law enforcement. And I'm going to repeat this just because public relations says if you want something to stick in people's mind, repeat it. But when there is zero budget for rapes, and there is an at least uh, to count 200,000 unopened rape kits in the United States today, and we can still put people like Peggy and Glenn and your guests tonight through this kind of hell. That's bullshit, and it needs to stop. And we've got to get that message out. And if we can do that and connect this to the Women's Me Too movement, we might get a little more national press. So that's kind of what we're doing. The person that I'm not going to yabber, I know you got tons of people on tonight, but I want to introduce one of my favorite women of all time, Jamie Palmisano Katz. Kansas City, Missouri, normal was an absolute disaster. Um, when I, my husband and I got involved back this in 2014, the chapter had to be dissolved and The very first chapter meeting of the reorganized Kansas City Normal, Jamie stepped forward as president, and it's the only meeting um, that we had attended the meetings, my husband and I, but it was the last one he was able to go to. It was at the library. He fell twice going in. Jamie got to meet him and the, the people there, and that means so much to me that they knew who he was. And he said five words at that meeting. He said, do it for the children. And that was his mantra is, you know, I'm an old man. You know, yeah, it's killed me, but it's killing babies. So Jamie's near and dear to my heart. What these women did was pull together an organization. And in, I think, less than a year, they got in Kansas City, Missouri, 30 ounces 
decreased to a city violation of $25 traffic ticket, which is what I got charged with that I could have done 5 to 15 years for. So big move there. And Missouri is such an interesting, weird state. We're in our last month of gathering petitions, hopefully to change our Constitution. It's more half steps, but you got to keep taking those, and hopefully we're learning from some of the mistakes from the other states. But Jamie knows a lot more about what's going on, how it got here. Um, she's such a smart lady and also got the Volunteer Award of the Year from Normal. So she is quite a gal, and I'm just going to shut up and let you bring her on, and I'm going to listen in awe. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to bring her up with you here real quick. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. You're here with Dolores and myself. And uh, why don't you, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. You've gotten quite an intro. Why don't you tell us about what's going on in Missouri? Um, As Dolores said, back in April, we grew 35 grams of cannabis in Kansas City. To where it is no jail time so we accomplished that with 75 percent of the vote in kansas city which is was absolutely incredible so that's something that we are very proud of we did that it was a completely grassroots effort we had probably only about a budget of a couple hundred dollars to get that done and a small network of volunteers, and, you know, we went out there, we did it, and we just wanted to prove to everybody what a small group of activists could actually get out and accomplish. And, you know, we, right now, we are working on um, legalization of medical cannabis in Missouri with the New Approach Missouri petition, and that is what we're really striving for right now to get that on the November 2018 ballot. So it's a really exciting time in Missouri right now. Lots of things going on. And, you know, Dolores has been such an amazing force. Um, You know, she talked about how her and Jean went to that first meeting of ours. And, you know, I had heard Dolores speak at a conference that summer prior, and she made such an impact on me. And she was one of the reasons why I wanted to start using my voice and get out there and make a difference. And I can't thank her enough to re- for really lighting that fire within me. And it's just been an amazing, amazing journey thus far. And, you know, we're going strong and the future looks amazing. So um, let me ask you this. Were, were you working with Jeff Mazansky um, on, on getting the, the legislation that you guys are working on? Um, I know Jeff Mazansky, yes, yes. So what we're working on right now is, yeah, he's one of um, – he's been very instrumental in helping us gather signatures, getting out there, coordinating volunteers to, you know, get people out there to sign that petition. So, yeah, he is involved with us, absolutely. So I'm going to – this is a um, – this isn't a show that's like a lot of other shows for a lot of reasons. One, because it's not – monitored by the FCC, so I can say shit if I want to. I'm not using that for shock value or anything, but just to let everybody know that we have the power here. This is a a show that we're free to do with what we want. I've always um, had the boundaries of this show be 
riveted in the truth, that the truth is the only thing that really matters. And sometimes we get into uncomfortable discussions because it's important to have them, in my opinion. And I want to I, I want to preface this by saying I respect the hell out of you, and, and a friend of Dolores is a friend of mine, and it sounds like the work you're doing is amazing. Um, but I want to bring this up because I think it's part of the bigger picture, the part of the, it, you, you, you may see what's coming, because I, it's what I talk about all the time. And, and I feel very strongly about this, and I feel uh, also very um, conflicted about this, because I, I recognize why people go the route they go to accomplish what they set out to accomplish. I listened to Craig Cecil calling from federal prison, and he calls upon us to call our congressman and and, and, and make a change. And I and I watch uh, as as all of the the you know the 501c4s out there that are out there trying to pass laws and make change that way, the way that we're supposed to. You know, you're you're following the rule book that that we're told this is how to make change. But what do we do when the change isn't enough? What do we do? when the next law falls short, like they all have, every single law that's been passed, California, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, D.C., every single place where we pass the very best laws, the most, um, the most free-giving laws are still restrictive to a point where the people that need the cannabis the most don't get it, and the people that need the most cannabis can't have it. Um, what do we do about that? How do we how do we take it to the to the next level rather than um, staying with these baby steps and 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 getting something and, and being grateful for it? Well, I think a lot of times, you know, especially in Missouri, it, baby steps is is the way it goes, just because they're still you know still a fairly conservative state and people people are more likely to favor it when it is medical and it is for you know people with certain conditions, people that lives depend on it. But I mean, any step forward is, is progress. And, you know, a lot of times it's not good enough. It's, it's not as good as we, we want it to be, but we have to keep moving forward. We have to keep using our voices and, you know, if it's not good enough, we need to rally the troops and let them know that it's not okay. Let our representatives know it's not okay and just keep moving forward. I mean, that's, that's the nature of the beast. I mean, we're, we're dealing with something that has had such heavy propaganda surrounded by it for so many years that it's, it's going to take time to get people to come around to it. And, but we can't let that stop us. We have to keep moving forward. We have to think positive. We have to keep making those steps. We have to keep moving towards progress. So you do agree, though, that we're looking at, at these steps, and all the. And by, by these steps, I mean every possible legal thing that's going on right now. Every every initiative, every every suggested law that's being out there, aside from complete and total, you know, repeal. Um, you would you would look at that as as you know progress rather than um, you know the finish line. I mean, I'm hoping, and, and, and I'm only saying this as, as somebody who respects your work and, and, and respects what you're doing, I just want to make sure if it's at all possible to get us to realize that the work's not over once we pass the law, that 
you know, even if we, we are acting in the, the most thoughtful and the most progressive and the most careful way that we, we see fit, and I believe truly that the people, for the most part, I know that there's some, there's some other things going on out there, but I think most of the people that are out there in the trenches trying to make change through legislation have their hearts in the right places, they're writing the very best, legislation that they that they know how that they think is going to be effective I, I I fully believe that there's a lot of heart and and thought that goes into this but the bottom line is is I've sat in the trenches and I've I, I work with thousands of people that are that suffer from from these laws falling short um, what happens is people seem to embrace the fact that there's a law and it makes it easier for people to see that somebody who's not following that law as being a criminal. When when it was entirely illegal, we all agreed that it was a bad law. But then when we pass a law, somehow that we're okay with this bad law as being good. And, and, and I'm not saying your law is bad. I'm just saying that anything short of just freeing us and freeing the plant is, is restrictive and, and not enough. I mean, once, I mean, I always tell people, because a lot of people are always asking me, okay, well, if this medical bill passes, you know, what's next, you know, like with decrim, what's next, you know, we have a lot of, one, it just doesn't stop there. You have to keep going. You have to ensure that there are proper rules and regulations, make sure, most importantly, that patients are getting the medicine that they need. And that's, that's what's good about the new approach Missouri initiative is it is a constitutional amendment and it truly puts patients first and you know once that's done you know we can look to the next step you know whether that be you know legalization in Missouri or whatnot but right now you know the focus is medical because that's the most important thing is making sure those patients get the medicine that they need but yeah the the fight is, is definitely ongoing it continues on and on until until we have reform. And even then, even if it's total legalization, you know, we're still going to have work to do. It just, it doesn't end. And that's what I always tell people, you know, our fight continues. Well, I just, I just want to make sure. And, and I guess it's, it's just important to me that we say these things out loud that, you know, do you believe that there's any place in any situation where anybody would be considered in your mind, a criminal for this plant, regardless of how many plants they had, regardless of how much oil they had, regardless of, of of how much they took or gave away or sold or whatever, is there anything that you would consider about this plant that makes it even possible for it to be a crime in your heart? I mean, not not talking about what's legal today or not or anything like that, but if we lived in a world where things were the way they should be, do you have a place that you could say, well, no, they shouldn't be able to do that? You know, I think that people should be able to make their own decisions when it comes to cannabis. The benefits outweigh the negatives 100%. I mean, when it, I mean, of course, I don't want to see somebody giving it to children just that don't need it, you know, that don't have a medical condition for it. I mean, I, you know, I can't say I agree with something like that, but no, I, I don't think there should be limits. I don't think that we should say, okay, well, you have this condition, you can only be allowed this much. No, I don't think we need to do that. I mean, it's, it's cannabis. It grows naturally. It is natural. I think that people should have the ability 
to make that decision themselves. Perfect. That's what I, you know, I just like to, I just like to know that, that, you know, underneath it all that we, that we see that recognize it for what it is. And, and I, I think that as the discussion gets turned towards really the truths that, that are at play here, I mean, I've welcomed anybody for the last four years to come on my show and tell me, why does this plant need to be taxed and regulated? Um, and nobody's done it. Nobody has that argument. There isn't an argument for it. Um, and, and I just think that I, I do recognize that we are living in a world where people have strong opinions, and in order to um, accomplish our goals, sometimes we have to concede um, to lay down some of our strong opinions so that others will will listen and, 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 you know, you make concessions to get something and then you build on it. I fully understand that. The world of politics is a crappy world and, and even just human nature doing business deals is, is difficult. You've got to give something to get something all the time. I just want to, you know, know that in the future when all the states have a law that we don't just give up and say, oh, well, everybody else that didn't follow it from here on out, we're just going to let them rot in hell because that's ultimately what goes down. So, Jamie, I am so pleased to, to have you out there on the front lines. Um, I'm going to bring up Dolores so we can have a, a you know, a, a closing moment here. Um, and, and please don't take those questions as anything other than just good conversation from a strong ally. Oh, not at all. No problem. I totally understand. We are Dolores, so on the, the same page. <laughs> We are so on the same page on it. It's the federal, and I've been screaming federal, 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 federal. But, you know, right now in Missouri, we have nothing. I mean, Gene and I were looking at five to 15 years for a few plants in our. him ultimately. So, what we've got, you know, allows for home grow. It's probably one of the best medical bills in the country. It's not perfect, and we won't stop. Because none of us want this plant. We wanted a free plant. That, that is a given. Um, and I'm about finishing our signature campaign, getting this on the ballot here, so we can all in Missouri get our focus back on this laser beam on the feds. We have got to go after Washington. Shirts can walk out of the White House and walk across and walk into a legal shop and buy it. That's wrong on so many levels. That needs to be happening all around the world. So here, here, Jamie, uh, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate I know you have taken the time. You girls keep up. The, the Kansas City Normal Board of Directors is all women. They're yes, all are. got family members that are either sick, they've got kids that are sick, and they just keep going. They they just never stop. And I love you guys, and as soon as we get these damn signatures done, let's have a party. Jamie, <laughs> 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 um, I know as, as so many of us um, are always looking for help, um, if we've got somebody out there in the Missouri area that is interested in helping out, Jamie, how would they reach you? 
Um, newapproachmissouri.com, or you can email me at jamie at newapproachmissouri.com if you're looking to get more involved with the campaign, um, wanting to volunteer, collect signatures, because we are always in need of more volunteers. We're going to be handing in signatures here shortly, so we have all hands on deck. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, Jamie, well, thank you so much. Um, hopefully you can stick around. i got George Martorano just called in, and he's got uh, a segment. Uh, he's going to be sharing some of his thoughts. He served 32 years in federal prison for the plant, and uh, he's yeah. a supporter of the Human Solution, and um, he's going to be doing a segment here in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, you should stay on and listen to him if you can, Jamie. He's amazing. I, I will absolutely. Sounds great. Beautiful. Okay, right. we'll talk to you soon, sweetie. I love you. All right, um, George Martorano is on the line, and we're going to bring him up. But first, I can't wait anymore. i got to listen to Glenn real quick. He's got some um, news for us, and uh, I've teased it as long as I could. Glenn, welcome to the show. I want to hear about your news. Hey, Joe, how are you guys? And I want to start by saying happy Valentine's to everybody. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> We went to court today. Of course, we it was a pre-trial conference. Um, the attorneys went back with the prosecutor and the judge and back in the little chamber and, and discussed everything. <laughs> and here, lo and behold, this whole time, we thought we were under a gag order that was ordered by the court, and it wasn't. First off, um, it was just a request by the prosecutor because he said that we were making him look bad. And the reason we were making him look bad is because he did our entire case ass backwards. You know, when you get busted, they send they have to send off, you know, everything, get it tested. And that's what they base your case on because that's what's called evidence. <laughs> well, lo and behold, the prosecutor decided to send the stuff off to a BCI uh Bureau of Crime Investigation that is like six months behind and was not going to be able to get to our product. So he went ahead and charged us anyway. He charged us with manufacturing, charged us with possession of hash, charged us with child endangerment, um, possession of cannabis, and trafficking. Well, today when they went back and discussed with the judge, the judge got pretty pissed off because you know, he was like, well, what do you got? What, do you, what are we going to do? Our attorney said, well, let's go on out here and let's get this trial started. Let's, we'll go to trial right now. Prosecutor says, well, I can't go to trial. Judge was like, well, why can't you go to trial? He said, well, I, I don't have any evidence, but my evidence isn't back yet. Um, which, really made the, right, which really upset the judge and made him mad. And he said, well, wait a minute. You are prosecuting people with no evidence, and they've got all these charges. He says, well, yeah. He said, because I'm expecting the test to come back as hash. You know, it's coming back as what I would like it to come back as. Well, and by the end of this week, our case is going to be dropped and thrown out. <laughs> Because that of is lack of fantastic. No victim number. Um, we presented our attorneys 
start off the day, we presented our attorneys with the no men's ray. They went ahead and filled them out and was turning them in, was turning in the medical necessity paperwork that we needed. We didn't really need all this. Um, they're going to file a joint dismissal of the entire case because the attorney, the prosecutor was an ass and had no clue what the hell he was doing. All he seen was, oh, I've got this big pot case and I'm going to prosecute. And that was not the case at all. They're going to have to return. And this is, this is the major thing for everybody to, to, to learn. Know your rights and educate yourself. Those are big yes. things. Knowing your right and educating yourself. Be educated about what's going on. Um, it's not official yet. The paperwork for demissal is is being filed. Um, the judge did say positively that he gets these papers across his desk and he will sign them. So sometime by next week, we will be completed with our case. Oh, my God. So, well, that is... That is the news I've been looking forward to hearing, and, you know, it's easy for people to say that kind of thing when you're going through it, and that's why I, I, I don't advocate that anything's going to happen or not. But I'll, with every breath and every moment, it's what I'm praying for, and it's what I believe could happen. So um, I, I am so excited, and um, trust me, um, as soon as you're able, um, I will do everything I can to... Uh, um, provide some good, good things to comfort uh, you and your wife. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, another thing to keep in mind, everybody that is going through any case, it doesn't matter whether it's a cannabis case or, or what the case may be, stand your ground, know your rights, and fight with everything you have in you as long as you're right. <clears throat> and a big thing to understand and know is the no men's ray. You, you, we got a guest that's going to come on next week. Hopefully, uh, Miss Forbes will be able to, to speak and be able to give a little more information about that. But definitely, definitely fight for what is right. Um, so we went from looking at 26 to 42 years apiece to now we are not looking at anything. Oh, as it should be. Well, now we can get on to the work. Of supporting everybody else, we got a, a case just south of you in Tennessee, and there's all kinds of cases that need to be supported. And most importantly, that we all stand up for each other, we educate each other, we inspire each other to speak. And on that note, we're going to be bringing up George Martirano um, with some words, and and um, you know, uh, hopefully, um, an inspiration to even one of us to get up and 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 fight a little harder uh, and fight a little smarter. So. Glenn and Peggy, I'm I'm absolutely tickled. Um, we got a, a fledgling chapter out there. How does somebody get a hold of you if they want to join up and be a part of our our, our Ohio chapter? They can either send us a message on the Human Solution International Ohio chapter, or you can give me a call personally at four one nine eight six three zero four nine eight. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Glenn Keeling and wife Peggy Sue. Just so glad that you guys are uh, part of the team, and I, it, it's always exciting to share in a victory, even though it hasn't happened yet. When you hear a judge get pissed off at a prosecutor, it's always music to my ears. 
Right on, right on. And thank you again for everybody that stood by us and supported us through this whole horrible ordeal that we had to go through. I'm very glad that Human Solution and the people that is involved with this organization was there with us and supported us. Oh, we're here till the end. All right, Glenn, we'll talk to you soon. Um, once again, Glenn Keeling from Ohio. All right, up next we have George Martorano. And uh, George was unable to make the show um, last week. He was taking care of his mom in the hospital. And I just found out um, just yesterday my wife played a video that, that he had done the next day, and he apologized for not being on the show. And to me, I thought that was really powerful because this the show – is is all of our show and it's and it's all of it's it's all of our voice and all of our our ears and the thing that George said was excuses even if the words you say are true they're still excuses and I wonder how many of us make excuses for what we don't do or what we did and we shouldn't have done rather than making the change. And there's sometimes things just happen. You fall asleep in a waiting room, my God, what can you do about that? Certainly nobody begrudged George for that. But to acknowledge the fact that so many times we fall short, and the only reason why we fall short is because we fell short. Um, there is no reason for excuses. We just get up and we keep marching. We do what we got to do, and we do it better every day until we get what we're out to. And George exemplifies that um, 32 years locked up for this plant gives him a voice in my show any day. George, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Joe. Hey, Liz, my California family. Uh, I miss uh, I miss the tranquility camaraderie out there, but I'll I'll be back soon. I'm uh, you know I just listened to uh, Glenn and his situation, uh, which I'm very happy for, but. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you pay your attorney uh, in a criminal case, and uh, and you get lucky, and uh, to uh, to and you find uh, you find the loophole where the the indictment gets dropped. But guess what? You know, you don't get the money back from the attorney. Now, in civil action, nope. uh, you know, civil action is no uh, there's no prosecution. It's just your attorney against uh, their attorney, and. Um, and once the, the the deciding deciding factor for the winning the winning side, you're actually you they have to pay your attorney uh, for going through the litigation. But it's not not so with a criminal case, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you you basically you never you never a winner when you win. You know, I don't know how much these good people spend, but I I seen situations where an awful lot of us spent and. Uh, the case was uh, case was won through technicality, and uh, you don't get your money back from the attorney, or the attorney. So, uh, which is wrong? Which is wrong? Uh, you know, the criminal courts. Well, the criminal yeah. courts is, uh, the attorney doesn't go to jail. You go to jail. <laughs> uh, my my yeah. Well, my my particular case, my 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 attorney was going to jail, and he sold me out uh, to not go to jail. And you know, uh, no one knows about paying attorneys more. Not that I, not that I'm against attorneys. And some, uh, I wouldn't be talking uh, on this uh, this great radio show what for uh, certain uh, attorneys and and one particular attorney, etc. But you know, it's, it's a situation. But the happy, the most, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as of last Thursday, uh, after 35 years. 
uh, being under government uh, scrutinization, being under the thumb of the federal government, I was uh, I was totally uh, exonerated by a judge's order. Uh, uh, so I'm totally free. Last Thursday, I'm totally free for the first time uh, in my life. So, uh, you know, even though uh, I did my 32-plus years, uh, when I came home, I was under of a supervised release, which, uh, you know, they can pitch you back at any time. But uh, if anybody knows me personally, I had no fear. Uh, I did the best I could out there helping people, uh, especially the old people in the cannabis industry in states where, uh, you know, it wasn't allowed. So, and you don't have to, you don't have to actually give them uh, a substance. You just, you teach them where they can go to get help. It's, you know, I went, I went to jail, a young young man came out, an older man, and I came out to many, 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 many people that are ill. So, uh, you know, just talking, talking about it, you know, you, they can't stop you. Can't stop freedom of speech. Just, you know, they did try with me. Uh, that's another story. They did try with me uh, about my freedom of speech because I became a writer in prison, and I was locked up and shipped in the middle of the night twice for expecting expressing my literary word. So. Well, I think that, um, you know, the, the message, one of the messages that we try to continue with this show is that, you know, we all, we all are the messenger. And for us to, um, number one, make sure our message is, is good and, and, and accurate and uh, well thought out, but two, that, we, you know, we're, we're capable and ready and willing to deliver the message when, when we see fit, when we see an opportunity. And so many of the people that, uh, you know, listen to the show or guests especially that come and talk, um, it's a big part of the, what this show is all about is giving people an opportunity to reach uh, with their message some people that they might not have been able to reach. And I think that uh, as we're getting more and more people aware of the show, it's getting bigger, it's getting to be more of a of a broadly reached uh, platform, and I, I think what it's doing is, is it's empowering people on kind of an exponential way. You know, one person hears you say something, or one of our other guests say something that that makes enough sense that you can repeat it, uh, and then put your own spin on it, and then before you know it, um, you know we're breaking through. We're breaking through people that have um, false ideas or 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 um, um, ideas that are not based in fact. And even though they might believe them strongly because they're told to them and have been told for generations, doesn't make it so. And when you hear a truth from somebody that's based on fact and it, it gets into your head, it, it, can, it can make some real change. And I think that ultimately that's where the real change gets made in the hearts and minds of all the people that are affected by these laws, not so much just the lawmakers. Well, when I, I heard something amazing about the show from some individual that listened to it, she said that to me that she when she listens to the show, while she's listening to the show, she doesn't fear. Imagine that. She doesn't fear. <laughs> and she has uh, she has her uh, her, uh, her administration there for her ailment. She's administrating herself, and she doesn't fear. But that's what gets me very, very annoyed. In America, the fear factor that we right. live under. I mean, you know, do you do you fear when you eat a tomato? Okay, nope. that's a plant. 
but we have to fear. We have to fear when we're around cannabis in any in any light. And uh, even the recreational states, they still create a fear factor. You can't you can't smoke it here. You can't eat an edible there. I mean, you know, when when is the fear factor going away? And that's now that I'm off uh, a federal paper. Uh, I mean, I I I not like I said. I don't fear anything, certainly not now. And I'm uh, I'm announcing that I'm opening the first the first CBD store in the in the city of Philadelphia because hemp is legal. Hemp is legal in America, and I'm off the paper not even a week yet, and I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready uh, to sign a lease. Uh, so well, you, know, you know, yeah. I think one of the things that that we do. When when I, when we created this show, uh, it was to create an environment, to create a place where we could all gather around and and share something. You like sharing a meal. When you're sitting at a dinner table with your friends and family, you're, you you don't have fear. You're in a safe place. You're in a place where everybody's with you. You're eating the same food. You're you got each other's back. I always wanted this show to be like that, and that's one of the reasons that I I, I want as many of the people that are standing up fighting their cases to be on because it brings that thing that we're, everybody's most afraid of, but you're only afraid of the unknown. The people that are standing strong um, and fighting these cases so many times are the, the weakest people that we have, people that are suffering from diseases and, and injuries and ailments and, and every kind of problem, and yet they stand up against the government, the one entity that is all-powerful and has all the money and can do anything they want. And when you watch these people that are, you know, uh, hard to even get up and, and, and walk or, or drive or go to the grocery store, but they will stand up fearlessly against this monster that could do anything, it, it empowers everybody that's around it. And I think that that's kind of the whole goal is to get well, the people that are, that are on the fence, the people that are afraid to not feel afraid, and maybe they'll feel not afraid enough to, to go out there and support the guy who's who's standing up fighting, and that will in turn inspire another guy to fight, and then more people, and it's just sort of a cascading, um, um, you know, build that we're trying to do, and that's kind of the, the whole point of all of this. Well, you know, uh, I, I like to uh, express to a lot of people uh, you know the ones that have uh, people incarcerated, and and the ones that uh, that been through uh, legality situations on the on the prosecution, state, and uh, and fed, and the ones that uh, uh, got through it, this and that. What uh, what I don't like to do, uh, and which I learned uh, and I had a lot of success with, ladies and gentlemen, is I don't use the word me or I. Because uh, in my life, uh, matter of fact, today I did. Uh, I consider myself an intervention dash specialist to individuals or groups. So uh, when you don't use the word me or I, you just get out there and do things. Just get out there and do things. And by doing things and help other, uh, I believe, I believe that makes you stronger in all your endeavors. And uh, basically, that's got that got me home. I had to graduate over eight thousand inmate students in lifestyle change classes. Now, 
uh, that's documented. And incidentally, in the judge's order, ladies and gentlemen, I have it online. I'm very proud of what was written. They said the they said it's historic what the judge wrote. It's right online on my Facebook or my Facebook fan page or uh, my uh, my Instagram. I put it out there for the world to see. I put it out there that for families that have uh, he or she incarcerated to uh, read the judge's words in that third paragraph and what she said about what all the accomplishments. What she wrote is extraordinary. Now, she wrote that because all those years I did not use the word me or I. I used the word we have to do this, let's get this done. And I believe, I believe that's the goals that we all have to do out here. Like uh, with Joe, with Joe's, we have a couple of Joe to show here. It's not about Joe, okay? Nope. It's about messages <laughs> that we're giving. It's the help that we're giving. So we all, we all must, we all must uh, try to understand that. I'm not saying you have to learn it. I'm not saying you have to do it. But you know, try if each day, each day, if you do something to help someone, and uh, don't take any, any, any credit for it, any credit for it. Just do it. You will see, you will see a big change in, in, in your personal movement. Of course, it helps the big movement, but you, you will see, I will guarantee you, you will see a, a, a personal change in your, all your endeavors. And uh, I know, I know for a fact. Uh, I do that, matter of fact, just this afternoon by, uh, by uh, a person that works with the state here with juveniles coming home, overheard my conversation at an eatery. And uh, and she actually butted in uh, 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 respectfully. Now I'm getting involved with her program. I'm going down there and work with her uh, with the juveniles uh, when they come home, not to not to go back. So you know, you just and I told her I don't want anything if I can help. So from from one conversation by telling someone, you just got to get out there and not use the word me or I and try to make some changes. So that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, Joe. I couldn't agree with you more, George, and I think that that's, that's a, a wisdom um, that as more people understand it, it's the wisdom of volunteering. It's the wisdom of a selfless act. It's the wisdom of, of, of casting your ego aside and just doing the right thing. Um, it's contagious. When people see it happen, it inspires them. Um, there's nothing more... I don't know, obnoxious than watching people that give and then they shine the spotlight on themselves and say, look at me, I just gave. And it's like, okay, great. What are, you, what are you trying to accomplish? But when you see somebody out there just walking the walk and doing the right work, it's inspiring. And you nailed it, though. It actually gives more back to you um, in the long run than, than anything else. So it's just all, it's all positive, and the key is, again, we just need to do it. It just needs to not be about ourselves. It needs to not be about the ego. It needs to not be about um, anybody getting credit. It's it's make that world better. Let's let's you know we can make real change with our actions, with our words, with our thoughts. And and if we stay focused on making that change, we don't have time to go shining spotlights on ourselves. Yes, and I believe uh, you know. Actually, oral communication is, is so easy. You know, you get, you see people every day. You bump into people every day, and you know you want to listen to their troubles, and you want to try to fit yourself in where, where maybe you can help. 
maybe you can help. I'm not saying you have to get up and do something every day. And like uh, our friend, uh, our friend Didi out there in uh, north of LA, I mean, she does great with this letter, letter writing. I mean, uh, you know, she wrote a letter for me that uh, really got the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office attention. So simple, simple sitting down and and pen and paper and writing a. Writing from your heart, writing up somewhat intelligently. Believe me, you know, little things make a big, big difference. So. No, it's absolutely true. And, and some of the most, uh, uh, the, the, the fiercest advocates out there are people working behind the scenes, people that are not, you wouldn't even necessarily recognize their name. And, and they're some of the people that I admire and respect the most in this uh, this movement. Um, there's some people that have to be the front. Um, otherwise, nobody would know what's going on. But there are so much going on behind the scenes with people who are not trying to um, accomplish anything but help out. And, you know, Dee is one of those amazing people that um, lives it, walks it, you know, lives for making these changes and um, doesn't give a damn if anybody knows her name or not. Yeah. Well, I got a little good news show from uh, from uh, Bobby Nobles at High Times. Uh, oh, good. Uh, happen. I'll probably be out there more so once this is uh, solidified. So Bobby's good people, and uh, so I'll be out there, brother. Just uh, oh, don't I move can't on. wait to hear more about it as don't. it's going on. I I, I feel uh, I feel so excited for you, George. After going through what you've gone through, I don't even want to keep talking about that. I always feel like I almost bring to life the, 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 the anguish that you went through by talking about it. I just want to talk about what's coming up front and to watch you rise up from the ashes. And um, you're, you're going to be a household name for, for entirely different reasons, for good things that are, that are coming forth. And I'm just glad to, glad to be here with you. Well, just, uh, you know, I'm just a storyteller that uh, – they kept in a cage oh so long, but they couldn't silence my stories there, so I'll continue out there. Ah. Like, uh, next, next week I'm going to shave it about the, this guy named, uh, same name as mine, Shaky George, and actually how he was uh, how he was put in prison and how we got him out. So I'm going to save that it's, uh, next week, the Shaky George story. Excellent. I can't wait uh, to hear about Shaky George from non-Shaky George. <laughs> okay, Joe. All right, well, thank you so much once again, folks. George Martirano, um, this is a regular feature on the show. Um, stick around. It's going to be the last segment uh, or the last half hour of every show. Uh, George will be joining us and telling us some stories and sharing some wisdom and some thoughts. And so, um, you know, it's just always a treat to have some good stories out here, and George, it's always a treat to hear them from you. Well, I just can't wait to get out there with you guys. I love, uh, I love the nights and hearing the coyotes howl. Anybody, <laughs> uh, the, I mean, uh, what amazing, amazing sound that is from somebody like me that's been in a cage, and then uh, from back east and get out in that beautiful desert and hear the coyotes and uh, and look at the sky. I mean, uh, to me, that was. Uh, that was the grand opera. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. Wait till when you come back. The frogs are singing now, so you got the coyotes and the frogs in uh, doing a full a full tour concert. 
I'll be there. I'll be there. All right. George Martorano right. once again, folks. All right. Thank you, Joe. You bet. You bet. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right. So uh, we're down to the short straws here. we got about five minutes left. we got Tom Corby. Um, we got Albert Thomas. And I want to hear, I know we just had a court hearing, um, and we had some good, uh, good attendance. So um, one of the things to remember, folks, this show we never have enough time to get to it. We got two hours, and and uh, I've always got way more to talk about than we ever have time to talk about. And we sometimes, if you're listening and watching, it seems a little disjointed and a little uh, discombobulated. But it, it's us. It's all of us. There's a lot going on, and uh, we try to make room for everybody to be here. Um, we've had all kinds of issues this week with our uh, live feed. I think I've had to. Uh, put five or six different streams. Lisa's stream has been cutting out. Um, you can always go to the Blog Talk Radio link and listen to it. Um, there's not any inter- interruption there. So um, if you want to, you know, see what it looks like to talk, then these live streams are great. But otherwise, um, to get the actual audio feed of this, it's preserved, and all you have to do is click on the link that. Uh, is been shared around. So if you want to call in, we got about three minutes left of the show. We're probably going to go a couple of minutes long, but um, all you got to do is call 646-929-2495. you got about two and a half minutes to do it. Otherwise, um, we can't take calls if we're in overtime. So we got Albert Thomas and then Tom Corby to deliver the NorCal report. Albert, um, you know, you've been building a chapter based on court support, which is the premise that our organization was built on. Um, you found a case. You found some people. Um, we got a guy who's standing tall. He's uh, fighting a, a case on his own without an attorney. Um, we've learned that there's so much, uh, so, so few people willing to stand up and fight, and the ones that are oftentimes have so much going on that um, they get overwhelmed and, I'm trying to get um, the defendant on the show, but I, I also recognize uh, what it's like to try to fight a case. Um, time just goes by so fast, and who knows? I'm sure he's he's got plenty on his mind. So, uh, Albert, why don't you give us a, a quick update about what's going on in Hawaii? Okay, Joe. Thank you so much. By the way, great show, and happy Valentine's Day to everyone. But we had yeah, a so- really good Okay, we had a really good turnout yesterday for Michael Doyle Ruggles, who is essentially um, being charged. It's like with code violations, but they're felonies. And um, Mike is uh, one of these uh, people that he he loves the cannabis plant and, and what can be done with it, and he's trying to help people, and he's has organized really the island for co-ops to for cooperatives to as opposed to dispensaries because there are no dispensaries here so michael actually came up with a solution and and he was working well with the uh, enforcement people for a while maybe and then someone decided that they wanted to prosecute him and um i i really admire the man he he stands up there and 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 the judge uh, when we first started on this about a few months back, the judge was really short with him. But I'm noticing now that the judge is actually 
helping. He's he's giving him a fair shake. He's he's seeing probably what Mike is presenting in his motions, and um, so at any rate, it's maybe going to turn out well. However, we have another hearing that's coming up on the 23rd and at 11 o'clock. So we're going to try to fill the court again. We we had people there with their ribbons on, and you know I was happy to see that because I've given out oh, all of the ribbons that you sent me, Joe, and I know there were two bags of them. So, um, But there were about 25 people in this particular group, and over half of them had their ribbons on. So they're wearing well, them, and, like and we're getting the word out slowly but surely. Yeah, if we need more, if we need more, we'll get you some more. But I do uh, require and demand and request and wish for some pictures. Um, I know I think I saw one picture somewhere, but if you can put together all the pictures you can, make sure we get pictures of this. It demonstrates what it's like to be standing with somebody that's standing up. There's an energy yes. that happens when you're supporting somebody that's that's fighting for their freedom. That you can't get any other way. You can't get it from jumping out of a, an airplane with a parachute on. You can't get it from catching an amazing fish. You can't get it from jogging. You can't get it from sex. It's a different thing. It's a thing that is so fulfilling, and especially if you're yeah. there and you're able to, to share with the victory, to be there knowing that you were there regardless of what was going to happen. You didn't know what was going to happen to begin with, and you stood by somebody who was standing up, for something bigger than themselves, and then you were there. And, and sometimes you're there when they get taken out. Um, I, I was glad there was people watching every time they hauled my ass out of court into custody, and I was glad there was people there every time they released me. So <laughs> I, I, there, there, there's, to be on either side of that, I've been a defendant many times and had people supporting me, and I've been in court supporting many defendants. And... Every time I hear of a of a of a case where somebody's really standing up and they're gonna, you know, if, if it goes to trial, they're gonna pick a jury. I've been willing to travel long distances to be there for those people sometimes because it's such a powerful experience. And to be part of it, you know, you're making change, and and it's the kind of change that the lawmakers can't stop. It's the kind of change that it doesn't matter what the law says. It's the kind of change that the people with their public sentiment, will make the reality happen. So, Albert, thank you so much for what you're doing out there. Um, I did see what you sent from uh, uh, your senator and your congresswoman, and um, yes. it looks like your senator is willing to play ball. Your congresswoman, you're getting still cookie-cutter responses, but at least you're getting responded to. Yes, I, I and I got the same impression, Joe. Thank you so much for, for bringing that up. And uh, I, I intend to um, do more with Tulsi Gabbard because, like you said, that was a cookie-cutter response, and I, I really think what, what I sent to her deserves well, a little more. If you noted, in that cookie-cutter response, it said, if you have an appointment that you want to set, there's a way to do it. So my question to you is, are you able to schedule her for an interview or at least to request to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I, I, that's okay. my goal. 
Absolutely. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So you can use this show on any Wednesday, um, the hours between 5 and 7 Pacific time, to actually specifically invite her to an interview. And and even if we have something else scheduled, if she agrees to it, um, you know, we'll shuffle things around. So just know that um, let's, let's navigate through this. I, I I don't always respond that I that I saw things, and I don't always see everything that comes across my bow. But I'm telling you, I did see that. I did read every letter of it, and I I I did think about it to formulate this response. Great, thank you, Joe. I um, and I intend to just keep at it until we get these people to at least, if they don't come themselves, send a representative and let us know what they're thinking about what we're doing. So that's um, all right, Albert. Well I I again, you know, you're demonstrating these words, effective, activism, integrity, priority, and value. And it doesn't those first letters of those words don't mean anything, don't say anything. They're the words that I threw out for this show and by Taking action, you are being effective. The fact that you got a response, that by taking action, you are being an activist. You are, by its own nature, um, by doing what you said, you're demonstrating integrity. By doing what you said, you demonstrated that this was a priority. And by doing what you said, you raised the value of your chapter and our organization, and that's what this is all about. So I'm thanking you for that right now. Well, thank you, Joe, and hopefully we'll see people sign up. You know, if we start seeing more people from Hawaii on the roads, then that that's when I'll feel better about my actions. So, but thank you. Well, I hear you. Well, we're just going to keep on going until we get there. That's the plan. Absolutely, yes. All right. All right, Albert Thomas, the best to coordinator. From Hawaii, and um, we're going to keep on rolling. I just got cut off of the latest feed. I just punched up another one, and we're live again for the 18th time. All right, Albert Thomas, and now to wrap up the show, we got Tom Corby. We're a couple of minutes over time, six minutes, I should say. I know Tom is not a man of brevity, and I will not ask him to be a man of brevity. Tom gets all the time he needs to give us the NorCal report. Welcome to the show. Uh, you're kind of flickering there, Tom. Hopefully you can, like, hold that phone up close and get in a nice, sweet spot. Is TV, maybe that was it. I'm over here at the workshop now. You know very well. Can you hear me now, Joe? Yeah, you're great. You're absolutely great. Roll them. You can hear me now, say. Yes. Right. All right, Joe. Thanks. Thank you. And always, uh, Lisa, Mary, Becca, and George Monterano, and the Coffee Party Radio Show for another historical great show. All right. So. Congratulations to 
Uh, I've got my boat here. Oh, this not here. Never had. Get back to your good spot. You must have moved again. Oh. Okay, so am I on now? Are you yeah, you're good now. Yeah, oh, be in okay. that good spot. All right, good. All right, so <clears throat> then, uh, thanks, Joe, again. And then, and, 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 <laughs> right, so in Northern California, uh, of course. Go. There we go. Yeah, there's a lot of feedback coming through. Are you guys talking on your end? No, I'm just listening. I, I think it's the, it, it's the. Uh, you must have a computer and your cell phone on speaker. I think it's looping itself. No, it's you guys. I can hear another conversation going on. Yeah, I'm trying to talk. Yeah, we don't yeah. hear it on this side. Well, and I, I'm trying to talk, and he's, I can't, he's talking now. So I'll try again. Right. Yeah, it's not, so it's not on this side. It's quiet over here. Somebody on your must be on, on your side. of time right now coming through on the radio. Yeah, that's another show. That was last week. Oh, so maybe he's playing a show on top of listening to you, so I don't know. I think somebody's playing something on top of what they're listening to, yeah. Can you cut him out? No, I no, can't hear really talk or hear. No, it's not on my <laughs> side. It's not happening over here. you got to turn your computer off. There's no computer on here, Joe. Not here. There's nothing on here. Yeah, I don't know then, because it's totally quiet in here. There's, well, no, no, there's not any sound in here. It's not here. Somebody keeps talking. It's just Frank and yeah, I don't right know. Here. How about now? I, I hear you fine. All right, maybe uh, Frank Nance here. He changed uh, something here, and maybe uh, that guy's out of there. Somebody was talking behind. We've never had that problem. Uh, no kind of good cut now. to the chase. Right, and uh, we have. Sorry, Tom. You're good. Right, so good. Uh, we on the on the calendar, which we we're working on at the Human Solution International Doc or to post your events. Uh, I'm posting again, and, and Joe got with me today on uh, another historical case up here in Mendocino County in Northern California with Dana Beal. Uh, his motion hearing comes up uh, March uh, uh, at 14th, right? Yeah, March 14th, right here. I got the calendar over here at 1 p.m., and that's in actually Weaverville, uh, Trinity Superior Court, uh when uh, Glenn Keaton 
evening. Am I correct from Ohio Talk today? And congratulations, uh, standing your ground that we we bring in we're bringing the 995 dismissed probable cause motion in. We always first of all we get our discovery. We they must give you your discovery, which they've already got. So we're building court support for Dana Bill and Jay Stasser uh, there in Trinity County, uh, March 14th. Uh, Dennis Perone's uh, 215 uh, celebrity uh, celebration is tomorrow. Uh, that's in uh, San Francisco on 17th Street. They're going to close the whole street down. Uh, we'll be going down with uh, Frank and Ann picking up Dr. Allen and going down to celebrate uh, yes, his life. Uh, also, uh, well, of course, Stacy Stacy ties for getting the cannabis going. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna cut the chase here. Uh, I want to thank all all the great speakers today uh, on the front lines uh, coming together, uh, helping to be the solution. To finally end prohibition and free all our POWs. Thank you, Joe, and all. And don't forget to breathe and drink and end. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Love everybody. Oh, there you go. All right. Thanks, Joe, again. Well, I want to I wanna thank you guys for being there, and thank you, Frank, for helping out, Tom. And I um, want to thank everybody that's come on the show today. And everybody we didn't get to, um, we've got some great stories to talk about, but we'll bring them up next week. There's always plenty to talk about. Um, And I want to thank everybody for um, putting up with these live feeds that were flickering and and I don't know what the hell is going on with it. But remember, um, this show is, is being broadcast three or four different ways. You can call in. You can listen to the on Blog Talk Radio, or you can piece together these feeds and watch it as we've been doing. Um, either way, I thank you all for being here. I want to thank Mary um, for screening. It's a really important part of this show, and Mary's one of these people that works really hard in the background, doesn't ask for um, any fanfare or any glory, and um, but she's one of the pieces that makes this work. Um, I also want to talk about Really briefly, I want to mention Chris Howell. Chris Howell uh, just signed up this, uh, a couple of days ago or yesterday as a 420 member um, in Kansas. And Kansas is one of these places where there's a whole lot going on. A couple of years ago, we had a lot of people engaged because we had a case going on that we supported and ultimately got a victory. But as things happen, people get busy, priorities change. Um, people become less effective. Activism becomes less of a priority. Um, act, integrity is always an issue when you're dealing with human beings. And, of course, the value of what we do is very much dependent on those people that are needing it and supplying it. So um, to watch somebody come up out of Kansas and sign up as a 420 member um, makes me proud and uh, makes me pleased. And I know that as we stand together, more and more of us are going to be um, taking on the responsibilities and the roles. I want to bring up this one point, and that's you know nine minutes into overtime. But this September, um, it's going to be election time again, and the Human Solution International is unlike a lot of organizations because 
every single position we have um, is elected. Uh, the CEO position is elected. The, all the, the, uh, the seats on the board and all of the executive directors and everything, we're all elected. And much as our founding fathers created an organization, a government uh, that, that's become the United States of America, um, and has, of course, become corrupted with, with the government, the government wasn't designed for there to be career politicians. The government wasn't designed for there to be um, people making a whole bunch of money and getting all kinds of influence from being a leader. Leadership should be something that um, is organic and is, is, is a good thing, a benevolent thing. Leadership should be benevolent. Um, and it's hard to come by. People that are willing to lead uh, by example, people that are, that are willing to lead as volunteers, it's easy to find leaders when you pay a salary. Um I got but we do need we do need people to step up. Um, we have a really strong board, but frankly, that's always subject to change. The board positions are elected, and we wish for there to be more people uh, stepping up to to position themselves for these positions. We also have plenty of positions that are not even filled. Um, looking for a membership coordinator right now, somebody that can really just send out membership packets. As we get new members in, that's a position that I need. Um, we have all of our primary positions filled as far as the board and the executive team. But as it comes up, um, election time, anybody who is an active member not only gets a vote, every single active member gets to vote, but every single active member also gets to run. And if you feel that you're qualified, if you feel that you're up to it, if you feel that you're capable of leading, um, there's a place for you here. And even today, there's plenty of jobs that we could that we could turn into a position. There's plenty of chapters that need to be started and run. There's plenty of court support that needs to be organized. There's plenty of things that need to be done that we can use your help. So if you're interested, come aboard. There's a place for the few, the proud, the willing to lead. And I want to thank everybody who was here. I want to thank Becca. Um, for always working in the background. I want to thank Lisa Wildridge, who is the videographer, and um, she's the brains behind all the sharing and spreading and everything that's going on with this show, and, um, of course, all the guests. We will see you all next week. Thanks for being here. Have a wonderful day. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always...